4: Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, which is a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, accompanied by Mayor Perry White. Clark Kent returns to the apartment where he had left Cub reporter Jimmy Olson and Frederick, the tiny man, and makes a shocking discovery. Great Scott, look! He, what, what about that? It's Jim Olson on the floor? He's unconscious. Great Caesar Kent. Is he is he? No, he's alive, Chief. But what, what happened to Freddie? Freddy? Freddy the, the Yes. He's the key to the whole mystery. And now he's gone.
3: Disappeared. <laughs>
4: There's a common phrase that's being kicked around in your house and mine more and more every day. And that is high cost of living. Sound familiar? I'll bet it does. I'm sure you've heard Mother and Dad mention it more often than once. And you will undoubtedly hear it many more times as the days go by. Now, just in case you're hazy on exactly what it means, let me give you a rough idea. It means that the cost of your clothes and food has gone up to a point where the family budget has become somewhat strained. Well, that's one of those things. And you can't be expected to increase the family income. But there are some things you can do to help. For instance, take better care of your clothes. When you come home from school, change into old clothes before you go out to play. Take care of your health, because doctors and medicines are expensive. Eat well, but don't waste. Take your full share, but eat all you take. Try not to ask mother and dad to buy you things you don't actually need. Make the best and the most of what you've got. Try to be more than usually careful of your school equipment, such as paper, pencils, and so forth. Make them last and go as far as you possibly can. Remember that all members of a family must pull together at a time like this. So do your share. And now, the adventures of Superman. Just before he died, Sir Hubert Clay, a world-famous mathematician and scientist, instructed his tiny companion, a three-foot midget named Frederick, to find Robert Archer, a former assistant, who, according to Sir Hubert, is the only man who can save the world from a terrible disaster which is scheduled to take place on February 1st. Clark Kent, who, unknown to all, is Superman, succeeded in contacting Robert Archer. But when Kent, Archer, and Mayor Perry White arrived at Kent's apartment, where the midget Frederick had been left with cub reporter Jimmy Olsen... They found Jimmy unconscious on the floor and Frederick missing. As we continue now, Kent has succeeded in reviving Jimmy, and while Mayor White and Robert Archer listen tensely, the boy reporter tells a strange story.
5: Freddie and I were just getting ready to go to bed, Mr. Kent, when we heard these these heavy, sort of limping footsteps out in the hall. Freddie said it was the boot. And the, the, po- th- the boot. Yeah. You know that that awful man who killed Sir Hubert and was chasing Freddie all over the world. Yes, we
4: know who the boot is, Jim. Was he here? I don't know. You don't know, but, but you just said that he was in the hall.
5: Freddie said so, Mr. White. He said he recognized the steps.
4: Oh, I see. Well, go on, Jim. What happened then?
5: Well, then the doorbell rang. Uh-huh. I asked who it was, but nobody well, answered. Well,
4: why didn't you phone us or the police at once?
5: I started to, Chief. I started to call up Mr. Kent. Then I I heard a kind of hissing noise near the door. Like like air escaping from a tire Then the whole room started to go around Uh-oh I, I just blacked out well,
4: Naturally, that hissing noise Jim heard Must have been the sound of knockout gas being shot into the room oh, dear, Knockout dear. gas? Sure, the boot or whoever it was Must have sent it into the room to knock out Jim and Freddie And prevent them from summoning help Then he picked the lock, came in, put Freddie in the packing box And went off with it oh, Good heavens, that's, that's dreadful Yeah,
5: poor Freddie. The boot will finish him uh, Now,
4: wait, wait It may not have been the boot No, oh, I'm afraid it was, Chief we know he's been trailing Freddie all over the world to try to discover Sir Hubert Clay's secret. Yes, but uh, how did you know he was here? In your apartment. And he probably saw my personal notice in the papers addressed to Mr. Archer and figured Freddy must be with me. It could be. I should have thought of that and arranged police protection for Freddy. Oh, of course. What shall we do now, Mr. Kent? I can't prevent the disaster Sir Hubert said would take place on February the 1st unless I talk to Freddie and find out what it is. I know that. But
5: Freddie doesn't know what it is, Mr. Archer. Oh, yes,
4: he does, Jim. He does.
5: No, he told me and Mr. Kent he doesn't know. He
4: may not think he knows, but he does.
5: Huh? Well, what do you mean by that?
4: Well, that's what I want to know. Well, never mind that now. What we've got to do is find Freddie and bring him and Mr. Archer together. Look, Chief. You call Inspector Henderson and get him over here at once. Mr. Archer, you stay here. Don't go out alone, whatever you do. I'll be back later. Where are you going, Kent? I want to see Jansen, the building superintendent, first. Then I'll look for Freddy my way. So long. Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Kent, come to think of it, I did see a man leave the building with a wooden box. You sure, Mr. Jansen? Yes, sir. A big man he was, and he had his coat color turned up. Walked for the limp, too, he did. That's the man I want. Did you see where he went? Well, he got into a car with the box and drove away. North. Uh, no, no, no. South toward the boulevard. How long ago was this? Oh, quite a skull after supper. Long about half past nine, it's... Uh... All right. Thanks, Jansen. Uh, Inspector Henderson will be here soon. Tell him what you told me, will you? Yes, sir. Thanks again. So long. Out of these clothes... The boot has about two hours start on me, but if he's still in his car with Freddy, I may be able to find him as Superman. There we are. All set. Now, up and away! Leaping high into the starry night sky, Superman begins flashing the great city like a meteor, coursing above the multitudinous streets and roads, his keen eyes searching the seemingly endless parade of vehicles below him. Farther he ranges and farther into the thinly settled outskirts of the vast metropolis, and then into the snow-covered countryside where the cars are few and far between on the icy highways. Finally, long past midnight... He failed to find the boat and his tiny captive. Superman resumes his disguise of Clark Kent and returns to his apartment. There he finds two police officers standing guard outside his door, while inside Jimmy Olsen is asleep. Robert Archer leaped anxiously to his feet as Kent enters.
3: Well, Mr. Kent. No luck, Mr. Archer. Oh, dear, dear.
4: Has Inspector Anderson been here? Yes, I, I told him what I knew, which is very little. So did Jim Olsen. Good. He went back to police headquarters to direct the search. Uh, Mr. White went with him. Oh, I see. Well, maybe they'll have better luck than I did. I'm not very confident of that, Mr. Kent. The boot is extremely clever, as clever as he is dangerous. Well, that may be. We hold the trump card, and unless I'm very much mistaken, the boot will walk into our hands. Well, what do you mean? Just this: the boot is after Sir Hubert Clay's secret, whatever that is, and he thinks Freddie has the secret. He's right. The midget has the secret. Yes, but Freddie doesn't know he has it. And as I understand it, only you can obtain it from him in some way only you know, right? Uh, yes, but well, the boot'll discover that. Make a try for you. And when he does, no matter how clever he is, I promise you, I'll get him. You're wrong, Mr. Kent. The boot doesn't need me to obtain Sir Hubert's secret. It doesn't? No. What... what you said? Freddy said... No, that. look. Do you remember that equation Sir Hubert taught Freddy to repeat to me? X is to Freddy as Y is to sarry That's it. Well, Sir Hubert thought that only I could interpret it and so be able to learn the secret. But that isn't true. What? One other man in the world can interpret the equation... Wait, Scott, was that?
3: The boot. What? Yes. The boot can interpret Sir Hubert's equation.
4: Startled, Clark Kent stares at Robert Archer in dismay. His plan to trap the boot, fallen apart like a house of cards. What will happen now? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Robert Archer, associate professor and former assistant to the late Sir Hubert Clay has just told Clark Kent that the international conspirator known as the Boot can also interpret the strange equation taught by Sir Hubert to Freddy, his midget companion. But I don't understand, Mr. Archer. I thought Let that me you... explain, Mr. Kent. As you know, I was at one time Sir Hubert Clay's assistant. Yes? I've always kept a diary in which I recorded the work I was doing as well as any personal notes. Go on. Well... The other day, as you know, the boot appeared in Parkersville, where I was teaching in the college. Yes, yes. I saw him on the campus and knew he was after me, so I ran into my room to get my diary and escape. Well, when I got there, I found everything in my room pulled apart, and the diary was gone. Scott, you think the boot stole it? I'm positive he did, because nothing else was taken. Uh Uh-oh. And now, with that diary in his possession, the boot can learn Sir Hubert's secret from the midget chap, Freddy. Don't you see? No, not quite. You said you didn't know the secret. How could it be in your diary? The actual secret isn't there, but the key to the equation is... What? The equation is... As you know, X is to Freddy, as Y is to Sari. Yes. Well, Sari is identified in my diary. Who or what is Sari? Sari is a physician or faith healer whom Sir Hubert and I knew in the East and who did most of his work when his patient was under hypnosis. Hypnosis? Yes. Uh, Sir Hubert and I became quite friendly with Sari, and he instructed us in the technique of hypnosis. So wait a minute, wait a minute, Mr. Archer. I think I'm beginning to get this. You think Sir Hubert confided his secret, whatever it is, to Freddy while Freddy was under hypnosis? Precisely, Mr. King. Well, now it adds up. Freddy, not knowing he had the secret, couldn't be made to reveal it except to you under hypnosis, right? Exactly. Well, but what makes you think the Boot knows who Sari is? Because the Boot knew what Sir Hubert was working on. You see, at that time, he was the chief spy for the Nazi Farben Company. He followed us everywhere and has a detailed record of all our movements and friends. I see, but that... I I... have an idea now what Sir Hubert's secret is, Mr. Kent. And if I'm right, and the boot succeeds in learning it from Freddie. Yes? Then the boot can and will control the world. What? Yes.
3: It will be within his power to rule as absolute master.
4: What does Archer mean? Is the tiny Frederick in the boot's hands... And can the boot learn Sir Hubert's amazing secret from him? We'll learn much more in tomorrow's exciting episode, boys and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 7 of Dead Man. is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine, and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time.
5: Behold my process.
0: Ooh, yeah, tell you something right here, aha, uh-huh. it's the Loop Creek subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX
5: collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming Video Game
0: Box! Woohoo! <laughs>
2: yeah, we'll to
0: the uh- Rouses! With cuts starting as large as a per month, Those are box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig it!
4: It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as a nationwide search begins for Frederick the Tiny Midget, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, is shocked when Professor Robert Archer announces...
3: With both the mid-chap and my diary in his possession, the boot will undoubtedly
4: be able to discover Sir Hubert's secret. And when he does, Mr. Kent... What then, Mr. Archer? The Booth can and will control the world. What? Yes, Mr. Kent. He will be our absolute Master. <laughs> Before we proceed with today's exciting episode, here's Superman in person to speak to you of something he considers very important. Come in, Superman. Hello, everybody. What I have to say is not new. You've heard it before, and you'll undoubtedly hear it again. But in my opinion, it is important enough to bear frequent repetition. Perhaps you've already guessed that I'm referring to the subject of tolerance. Now, believe me when I say there is nothing that can contribute more to lasting peace and happiness among people... ...and an attitude of understanding tolerance on the part of each of us toward others. Wherever tolerance is lacking, there is prejudice. Wherever there is prejudice, there is hate. Where you find hate, there you will see unrest and unhappiness... ...an atmosphere in which it is impossible to find peace. Now, it isn't difficult to be tolerant and free from prejudice. Just remember that boys and girls, men and women, are either nice people or not... ...regardless of their physical appearance or the religion they practice. And that there are good and bad in all races and religious groups. Learn to judge people on the basis of character alone. And give everyone the same kind of break you'd ask for yourself. Reject all prejudices. Be fair. Be tolerant. And now, the adventures of Superman. The three-foot midget named Freddy, the smallest man in the world, has become the key to a baffling mystery of tremendous importance. For although he does not know it, the tiny man holds the secret of a catastrophe scheduled to strike the earth on February 1st. Then when Freddy disappeared, Robert Archer, a former assistant to the midget's late master, Sir Hubert Clay, explained his startling theory to Clark Kent.
2: As
4: you know, Mr. Kent, before Sir Hubert died, he instructed Freddy to find me and to give me the equation X is to... Freddy, as wise to Sari. Yes, I know, Mr. Archer, but what does it mean? Who or what is Sari? Sari was a physician or healer, as he was called, whom Sir Hubert and I knew in the Far East and who did much of his work when his patients were in a state of hypnosis. He was a hypnotist? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, he instructed Sir Hubert and me in the technique. Oh. Now, I believe that Sir Hubert hypnotized Freddy and then told him the secret of the disaster, which is scheduled for February the 1st. Oh, and you mean if you would hypnotize Fred, he would reveal the secret to you? Right. And I would then act to prevent the disaster. But now, with Freddy in the hands of the boot, I, I'm afraid I'm too late. Now, wait. What makes you think the boot knows the meaning of Sari and, and the rest of the odd equation? The boot has my diary, Mr. Kent, and that fact is recorded there. Oh, I see. He'll force Freddy to reveal the equation. X is to Freddy, as Y is to Sari, and then he'll know how to obtain Sir Hubert's secret. Well, now, it may not be so easy as all that. After all, Freddy's no fool, and he's not a coward either. He'll Believe be not... me, Mr. Kent. The boot will make him tell all he knows. And once he has the secret, he'll be master of the world. You keep saying that, Mr. Archer. You must have some idea what this this secret of Sir Hubert's is. I have indeed, Mr. Kate. Well, then, for heaven's sake, tell me. I, I may be able to do something about it. Impossible. You can't. No one can without knowing everything. And I know very little. Well, then tell me what you do know, please. Very well. Long before most scientists became interested in nuclear physics, Sir Hubert Clay was working on an equation relative to the radioactivity of the sun. The sun? Yes. Sir Hubert was one of the first to expound the theory that the sun is like a gigantic cyclotron bombarding space with shooting neutrons in a constant chain reaction. It was, he said, only our atmosphere which checked the reaction and saved our Earth from being destroyed in one great atomic explosion. Yes, I've heard that theory. Go on, please. He had a notion, a very wild notion, I thought, then, that this tremendous radioactivity generated by the sun might somehow be harnessed and used for the good of humanity in medicine, science, industry. Yes, I see, but... but, uh... now, now I think Sir Hubert not only perfected his equation, but devised a means of using the atomic power of the sun... Yes, I remember Freddy saying that Sir Hubert was arranging a demonstration of this at the time he was killed by the boat. I'm sure it was a monstrous sun weapon of some sort. But it, it, It sounds incredible. But if it is true, why did Sir Hubert tell Freddy that a dreadful disaster would strike the world on February 1st, unless you stopped it, that is? I've been thinking about that. All I can imagine is that Sir Hubert had arranged this demonstration and was murdered before he could either go through with it or stop it. You mean he had set up some. Uh, some mechanism or whatever it is and timed it to go into action on February 1st? Perhaps. But where could it be? And what? I have no idea of either where it could be or what it is, Mr. Kent. But I am definite in the belief that if the boot learns the secret from Freddy, fledging... He mustn't learn it. I've got to find him before he can, somehow. You? Well, how can you find him, Mr. Kent? Well, I. Well, the, 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 the chances are he's in Metropolis, or not far from him. Where Why do you think that's so? Because the police and the FBI put out an alarm for him two hours after he left this apartment with... He's a noticeable man himself, with his limp, and, and little Freddy is even more noticeable. So he wouldn't dare go far before he went into hiding. Perhaps not, but Metropolis is a huge city, and the boot may have accomplices here to hide him. I know, I know, but if he's in Metropolis, I'll find him. I have to search every building, every room, every inch of the city. You're mad. You can't possibly do that. That's what you think. I'll see you later, Mr. Archer. So long. His face grim. Clark Kent hurries from his apartment to begin as Superman. The terrific task of searching every inch of the great city for the boot. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the deep cellar of a colonial mansion, set in the middle of a park-like estate in a metropolis suburb... The boot faces Freddy menacingly. Well over 60 tall, powerful stooped shoulders, and a hawk-like face with eyes like green ice. The boot looms over the tiny man who has backed into a corner. Freddy's face is bruised and cut. One small arm hangs limply at his side, and he raises the other defensively before him. Fuck you. What did Sir Hubert Clay tell you to say to Robert Archer? He,
6: he didn't tell me anything. You
4: still defy me. Very well,
3: then, I but, but will. But
6: I can't tell you anything. Nothing at all. Yes,
4: you can. You must. Now tell me. What message did Sir Hubert give to you, sir? He didn't
6: give me any message, I tell you. Now, <coughs> let me go. Let
4: me go. Oh, talk, you stupid little one.
3: Tiny <coughs> idiot. Talk.
6: Oh. Oh, oh, all right. All right. I, I'll tell you. Let, let me go.
4: Well, <coughs> now tell me what he said. Quickly.
6: My, my master said I was to tell Mr. Archer. X is to Freddy, as as Y is to Sally. Uh,
3: What nonsense is this?
6: That's what you said, I swear it. That was also to say, the equation equals the first day of February. Act quickly in the name of heaven.
4: X is to Freddy. Freddy is your name?
6: Yes, sir.
4: Y is to Sally. What is this, Sally?
6: I don't know. On my word of honor, I don't know.
4: Sally, Sally. Seems to me I have heard, perhaps read... Oh, yes, now I remember it was in Archer's diary. I shall look again in the diary. Perhaps there I will find the explanation. As Freddy stands by fearfully, the book whips Robert Archer's diary from his pocket and begins riffling swiftly through the pages. Archer told Clark Kent he was not sure whether or not he had identified Sari in his diary. Did he? And now... Back to the adventures of Superman. In the cellar under the colonial mansion with the midget Freddy, the boot who has been reading swiftly through Robert Archer's diary, suddenly looks up, his green, ice-like eyes puzzled. Sally, it says here was a physician in the Far East, a friend of Archer and Sir Hubert. Do you know of him, midget?
6: No, sir. I never heard of him.
4: Could it be that Sir Hubert took him into his confidence, a mere physician? Ah, I Yet,
2: yeah. Wait.
4: There is another entry here about him. Tonight, Sarah explained to us how he obtained beneficial results with many patients by placing them in the state of hypnosis. Fascinating. Sir, so they're right.
6: But that—that's. Strange, isn't it?
4: There must be some connection. X is to ready as Y is to Sally. Sally's physician.
2: Hypnotist.
4: I do not see it. The... Huh. Wait. Could it be that
2: <laughs>
4: it could
6: be oh, please, sir? Don't don't look at me like
4: that. I wonder.
2: Don't, don't
6: look at me like that.
2: Could this be the answer?
4: His hawk-like face tense. His green eyes-like eyes luminous now. The boot seems to stare through Freddy and the tiny man quails. What is the boot thinking of? Has his keen mind grasped the significance of Sir Hubert's curious sentence? What will happen as Superman in the air above Metropolis pursues a task which is monumental even for him, the task of searching every nook and cranny of the gigantic city for the boot and Freddy. There's a thrill a minute in store for you in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in same time, same station for Chapter 8 of Dead Man's Secret on The Adventures of Superman. (laughs) Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine, and is brought to you Monday through
0: Friday at this same time. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet.
3: More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman.
4: Today, while Superman searches for the midget Freddy, in the cellar where he holds the tiny man a prisoner, the boot makes a discovery which bodes ill for the entire world. Ah, oh, my little man, so that is the answer.
6: Hey, uh, uh, what, what do you mean, sir?
4: Now I know the meaning of a sentence Sir Hubert taught you to say to Ramadan.
6: You? You, you do?
4: Yes. And now, with your help, I can learn Sir Hubert's great secrets. Then. <laughs> then I will be master of the whole world Hello, gang This is Superman with a very special treat for you A personal transcribed talk from one of America's most popular and most beloved young people Charming Margaret O'Brien Come in, Margaret
5: Hello This is Margaret O'Brien again Mr. Superman wants me to tell you more about our big March of Dimes radio party All of you are invited to listen next Saturday, January 24th, on the same station. Your newspaper will tell you what time. The name of our party is The Parade of Pennies. This is the way we can do our part in the March of Dimes. You all know that our parents have been sending money to the March of Dimes to fight infantile paralysis, a crippling disease that usually strikes children of our age. And by the way, see the latest movie, which was all about infantile paralysis. It starts next Saturday at your neighborhood theater. When you see it, you'll know why it is so important that we should do help to fight infantile paralysis.
4: Thank you, Margaret. We'll remember to join you again tomorrow on this same station for the big March of Penny's party. And gang, remember to check your local newspaper tomorrow for the exact time. Whatever you do, don't miss the March of Penny's party tomorrow. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman. Before a famous nuclear physicist named Sir Hubert Clay died, he instructed Freddie, his midget companion to seek out a former assistant named Robert Archer and repeat a curious sentence to him. This must be done before February 1st, Sir Hubert warned, or else a worldwide disaster would occur. Freddie sought the aid of reporters Jimmy Olsen and Clark Kent, who is Superman. But before Kent could find Robert Archer and bring him together with Freddy, the little midget was abducted by an international conspirator known only as the Boot. An evil man who was after Sir Hubert's secret. While Superman and the police hunt desperately for the boot and his tiny captive, the two are in a deep cellar of a colonial mansion in the suburb of Metropolis, where the midget, his face cut and bruised, presses back fearfully against the wall as the boot towers over him exultantly. Yes, I know now how to obtain Sir Hubert's great secret. And you, my little man, will help me.
6: But... But how, when all I know is the peculiar equation Sir Hubert taught me to repeat to Robert Archer?
4: I see. He told you much more. He told you everything.
6: Oh, no, sir. I'm
4: sure he told you the secret of his great new sun energy weapon. Now you shall tell it to me, and I will be master of the whole world.
6: I swear to you, sir, I don't know the secret. I know nothing of science and mathematics. My late master tried often to teach me, but he finally gave up. He said my small head was not capable of such deep thinking.
4: However, he found a way to insert the necessary information in your small head so you could relay it to Robert Archer, didn't he?
6: I... I... I don't know what you mean.
4: I will explain. Then you shall tell me what I wish to know. And you and I, together, will rule the world.
6: You and... I rule. Yes,
4: but to us, you, my little man, will be a great king, an emperor. You will have palaces, jewels, armies, anything you desire. How will you like that?
6: Eh? Oh no, you're you're pulling my leg. Oh,
4: I speak the truth. Everything I said, you can have. You need only cooperate with me.
6: I think. And you'd share this jolly setup with me, eh?
4: Yes, I will be your, little us say, your partner, your fellow emperor.
6: That does it then, old boy. I say nothing doing. But
4: why, there uh, is plenty for both of us. The whole world to divide between only the two of us. I know,
6: I know. Now look here, old man. Even if I didn't know that you were up to some. trick... Rick, you think I am tricking you? What else would you have me think? After bashing me around something frightful, practically killing me, you know, and the next moment offering to share the whole blooming world with me.
4: It is because I have taken a great fancy to you.
6: Rout, rubbish. Why, you. you wring my neck the first moment it pleases you, just as you did my poor master, Sir Hubert, and you know no,
3: it. No, no, my friend.
6: You call me friend, you. you, you bounder, you beastly murderer. Do you think even if I believed you for half a. T- I would do anything to help you gain power. You're a foul, horrible man. You miserable <gasps>
2: little fool. <laughs> you
3: miserable <laughs> idiot. I wouldn't shoot it if I had a boot. I would learn what I want. You would tear me and then I... All right, all right. You outside, stop laughing. Oh,
6: dear. Oh, dear. Oh.
4: I am sorry. I have hurt you, my little friend.
6: You you came jolly close to finishing me. My...
4: Forgive me, I... I have a bad temper I lost my head
6: Uh, Well If you're really sorry Which I know you're not Let me go Please let me go No
4: I cannot do that Just yet You must help me first
6: I can't help you I tell you I don't know anything About Sir Hubert's secret Can't you believe that Listen
4: I will tell you How you can help me And if you do as I ask Then I will let you go That is a promise Do you agree?
6: But I No
4: I want only your word That you will cooperate No
6: no I won't I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever it is, I will not help. I'll do nothing for you because you're a terrible man. You murdered my master. Yes. Come on, I
3: fool, this will finish. No, no, no. That's no, no, don't do that. Be quiet out there. I will do this my own way. No, no, listen to me. Silence, I said.
4: Wait. I will come outside.
3: Oh, Yes, yeah, yeah.
4: Why
7: do you shout like a fool, Minter? Because I was afraid you'd kill him. Wait. Besides... I will close the door. A stupid, stubborn little idiot. He defies me. I know, but you must win his confidence so he'll be willing to cooperate. Because as I have already told you, unless one agrees willingly, it is impossible to hypnotize him. I
4: tried to win his confidence. I promised the little mouse everything, but he fears and hates me.
7: Well, in that case, I can do nothing.
4: I will go. Wait, Mentor. Did I not tell you, Sir Hubert, hypnotized the midget,
7: then told him his secret, which he can reveal only when he is again hypnotized? Yes, yes, but again I must explain to you that a person can only be hypnotized when he is willing. He must be relaxed perfectly at ease. Otherwise it is impossible. Very well.
4: I know of a way to make the tiny, stubborn fool cooperate with us. You do? Yes. I was not chief agent of the German fab and company for nothing. I know all the Nazi tricks and many of my own.
7: But, But for? Torture. They are the wrong tactics. I tell you, the subject must be willing. I
4: understand, and I promise you he shall be willing. Come upstairs with me, Minter. Hurry. His green, ice-like eyes glowing. The boot turns and glints rapidly up the steps from the cellar, followed by the thin, black-clad man calls Minter. What is the boot's plan? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. High above the sleeping city of Metropolis, like a meteor coursing through the gray skies of early dawn, Superman is engaged in a monumental task, searching every building, every room, every inch of the great city for the boot and his tiny captive, Freddy. All through the night, Superman has hunted, flashing above the giant skyscrapers, searching then swooping low to probe shops, stores modest bungalows with his X-ray vision. And still he continues his search. Now as the first faint rays of the rising sun dimly lighting the sky, the man of steel pauses in lonely, curious flight high above a ghostly spire. Uh, I've covered half of Metropolis, but no sign of Freddy in the boots yet. This is as tough a job as I ever tackled, but I must find them. Well, still half the city to cover. If they're anywhere in it, I will find them. Away! away, swooping, darting, climbing like some fabulous great red and blue bird. Superman resumes his relentless search for the boot and the tiny red. In the supper room of the suburban colonial mansion. The boot and his companion, the thin black clad man named Mitter, stand near a cot on which Freddy lies relaxed in sleep. I will wake him in another moment, Mitter. Then you will find him a willing subject.
7: You think he'll be cooperative?
4: Perfectly. The medicine I gave him will assure that.
7: Tell me, what is this
4: medicine? That is my own secret, given to me by the greatest of all Nazi physicians, When someone was so strong he refused to give information, despite all the troopers did to him, this medicine loosened his tongue. It must be some rare drug, eh? Uh, uh, The tiny fool grows restless. It's time to wake him. Wake up, little friend. Wake up. Wake up. He is awake. Prepare yourself, Minter. In a moment, you will be able to impress your will upon him. And he will tell us Sir Hubert's great secret. Eagerly, the boot and the thin, black-clad hypnotist stare down at the tiny Freddy who yawns, stretches his little arms, and then opens his eyes. Is the boot right? Will Freddy agree to be hypnotized now, and then reveal Sir Hubert's great weapon to ensure world peace, with which the boot wants for world domination? Is there a chance that Superman will locate the hideout in time? Our story has reached a tense climax, fellows and girls, so be sure you hear Monday's thrilling episode. Tune in Monday, same time, same station, for Chapter 9 of Dead Man's Secret on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet more powerful
3: than a locomotive. <laughs> Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's...
4: strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to work with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, while Superman searches for him, Freddy the tiny midget is asleep in the cellar of a big house, unaware that the boot and a man named Minter stand beside him. Making plans for him to betray humanity. Look, Minter, he is starting to wake up. Good. I will carry him to a room upstairs. You must not let him see you. Why? Because I do not wish him to remember this cellar or you, whom he hates and fears. If I am to hypnotize him, he must be perfectly at ease. I understand. How long should this take? If all goes well, I will have his great secret for you in a few minutes. Good. Excellent. Go to work. Well, I'm a little embarrassed, gang, because... Well, you see, Superman told me he'd be here at this time to say something to you. So I'm not prepared. Well, here he is now. Yes, Ralph, in person. I was beginning to think maybe you'd forgotten. Oh, you needn't have worried, Ralph. I always keep my promises. All honest people do. Now, the only reason I wanted to be here at this point is to remind you, fellas and girls, of the little talk we gave you last week about the high cost of living. I want to remind you once again that you can cooperate with your folks at a time when food and clothing are so costly by... Well, for instance, by not wasting, by taking good care of your clothes, by being careful of your health, and by not asking mother or dad to buy you things you don't need. Also, sharing what you have with others helps to make things easier all around. Keep those simple things in mind, will you? I know your folks will appreciate your thoughtfulness. Now I must get back to work. See you in a few seconds. Up,
2: up and away! <coughs>
4: And now, the adventures of Superman. <laughs> Unaware that he was the possessor of an amazing secret which involves the fate of the entire world, Freddy, a midget scarcely 3 feet tall, was captured by an international conspirator known as the Boot. The boot learned that Freddy's late master, a famous nuclear physicist named Sir Hubert Clay, had hypnotized the midget and confided his great secret to him before he died. And believing that if he knew the secret, he could control the world, the ex-Nazi agent summoned a hypnotist named Minter and told him... The midget can only reveal what he knows when he is in a state of hypnosis. So I want you to hypnotize him and obtain from him Sir Hubert's secret. But a person cannot be hypnotized unless he is willing, you know. And this midget is... Leave him to me... I have a drug will make him very willing and extremely cooperative. Then, while Superman, knowing that Freddy was the boot's prisoner, undertook the monumental task of searching every inch of Metropolis for them, the tiny man awakened from a drunken sleep on a couch in the library of a colonial mansion in a Metropolis suburb. The windows in his room are shuttered, and a single table lamp casts a soft glow as Freddy, rubbing his eyes with his little fists, looks wonderingly into the serene face of Minter whom he has never seen before. Well,
6: where am I?
4: Don't worry, Freddie. You're safe in my house. Oh,
6: uh, who are you? I'm Robert Archer. Uh, Robert Archer? That's right. Then then you are the chap my late master, Sir Hubert Clay, instructed me to find.
4: That's right, Freddie. He told you to say to me, X is to Freddy as Y is to Sally. correct?
6: Why, well, yes, so he did. Uh, but, but, but there was more. Yes? Uh, let me see. I was to say, the equation equals the first day of February. On the name of heaven, act quickly.
4: The first day of February?
6: Yes. My head seems awfully woolly at the moment. But I distinctly remember his saying, I must find you before February 1st, or or something quite terrible would happen to the world on that day. Really? I said, you possibly know what he meant?
4: No, you must tell me.
6: But, but I have no idea of what he meant.
4: Of course you do, Freddy. You know everything, subconsciously.
6: I say, what are you talking about, El
4: Do you remember that before Sir Hubert died, he hypnotized you?
6: Like, well, yes. He said it was important for some reason, but... but...
4: Well, when Sir Hubert hypnotized you, he told you his great secret. Then he instructed you to forget it when you were awake, but to remember it again when I hypnotized you.
6: Great Jupiter, fancy that... Wasn't that a Jolly brilliant idea?
4: It was. Now, have you any objections to my hypnotizing you, Freddy?
6: Well, uh... I say, you... You are Robert Archer, aren't you?
4: Would I know the meaning of Sir Hubert's strange message you brought if I weren't?
6: Well, well no, no, I suppose you wouldn't, would you?
4: Of course not. Well then, shall we begin?
6: Very well, old man. You may proceed when you're ready. As I recall, it's, it's very simple... I just look into your eyes
4: Yes You look steadily into my eyes And listen to me Just listen to me Wonderful, Minta, wonderful I heard everything The Min told you all And now Sarcubat's secret is mine With it, I will be master of the whole world Oh, no you mean you and I will be masters together. What is this? I know the secret now, too, my friend. And I mean to share equally in the spoils. Impossible. You are mad. I promised you a fee, a thousand dollars, but this, this is... Ridiculous. When you have a secret such as this discovery of Sir Hubert Clay, you expect me to be content with a measly thousand dollars? You must think I'm a fool. Yes. You are a great fool, Minta, if you think you can blackmail the boat. <laughs> You must be joking. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not joking. I mean (laughs) what I say. For years, I have followed Sir Hubert watching his experiments and waiting to steal his great discovery. For the last year, I have followed the midget taking great chances. And now for you, you damned... You killed Sir Hubert, the midget said so. If I call the police... You will not call the police, my friend. In fact, you will never call anyone again. No. Stay
3: away from
4: me. Stay away, I said. Help! March. Where are you, March? I am here, sir. Oh, come with me. Where, sir? Upstairs. We must dispose of our midget. Yes, sir. What about the hypnotist, sir? I have already taken care of him. Now we will finish the midget. And then I must leave at once, March. I have work to do. (laughs) <laughs> yes, very important and wonderful work I've searched every inch of Metropolis, Inspector Henderson Every building, every room, every cellar And I can assure you, Freddy and the boot are not in the city And they can't be far away, Superman That's what I thought Now I'm not so certain Well, I'm sure the boot went underground nearby I put out a statewide alarm for him less than two hours after he left Clark Kent's apartment with a midget. So don't worry. We'll find him eventually. Yes, but eventually may be too late, Inspector. I told you the boot knows how to obtain Sir Hubert's secret from Freddy. Every second counts now. And if we're to find Freddy and the boot before it's too late, well, it seems to be up to me. Uh, what do you plan to do? If the boot is hiding out around here, I figure he must have a Right. Chances are, if the hideout is in a suburb or village... The accomplices are supposedly respectable people whom the police would never suspect. Well, that's possible, but... Now wait, wait, Victor. Huh? So I'm going to comb the suburbs and the nearby villages and farms the same way I covered the city. I'm going to examine every house, every store, every cellar, every shed. That's a pretty tall order, even for you, Superman. I know, but we're playing for tall stakes, Inspector. For the security of the civilized world, for our very lives. So I better get started at once. Do you mind if I leave by this window? Not at all. So long, Inspector.
3: So long, and good luck, Superman. Thanks.
4: Up and away! Leaping high from police headquarters, Superman streaks away through the morning sky to renew his search for Freddy and the boot in the suburbs and villages surrounding Metropolis. And as we know, his quarry is in a suburban mansion where we last saw Freddy in dire peril of his life. What will happen? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Superman! <laughs> Accompanied by a man named March, the boot has entered the library of the suburban colonial mansion in which he had left Freddy, only to receive a surprise.
7: Great Lucifer. What is it, sir? He's gone, March. The midget is gone. Oh, no, sir. Why, why, that's impossible. Look for yourself, he isn't here. But, but the door was locked, and the shutters are still on the windows. They're fastened in place. See? Yes, yes. Oh, he couldn't have left this room. But
4: obviously he did leave somehow. He must be found. Wait fireplace. Oh, so that is
7: where he is, eh? Of course, sir. He have climbed up the flue of the fireplace into the chimney.
4: He's up there now. Hear him, sir? Yes. The little fool must have covered from a drug I gave him and tried to escape. Are the ground surrounded? Yes, sir. Good. Listen closely now. My plane is ready, so I must leave at once. Meanwhile, you will build a fire in the fireplace. <laughs> then the smoke. We'll drive the stupid little one to the roof, where you can arrange for him to be shot. You understand? I understand, sir. Now I go, for I must be in a certain far-off place before February the 1st. But you will hear from me. And when you do... What then, sir? (laughs) Then I will be master of the whole world. the boot turns on his heel and hurries from the house to a low hangar on the park like a state where a plane waits for him. And at the same time, March starts a fire in the library fireplace. A fire designed to mean the end of Freddy and to ensure Sir Hubert's secret for the evil purposes of the boot. What will happen as Superman, hot on the trail but still several miles away, is unaware that the boot has apparently triumphed. There's a thrill a minute in store for you in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Tune in same time, same station for Chapter 10 of Dead Man's Secret on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, with Superman unaware of Freddy's whereabouts, in the library of a suburban mansion, the boot orders the elimination of the tiny man. The only person who stands between him and mastery of the world. The plane is ready, much? All ready, sir. Good. Now listen closely. You will dispose of the midget at once, because now that I know his secret, he must die. I'll take care of him, sir. Where are you going? You will know that in a few days when I summon you. By that time, yes, sir, <laughs> by that time, March, I will be what no man in history has yet succeeded in being, the absolute monarch of the world. Today, gang, Superman has interrupted his search for the midget Freddy to talk with you briefly about something he considers very important. And here he is. Come in, Superman. Superman. Fellows fellas and girls, what I have to say will only take a few seconds, but I hope it sticks with you for a long time. It's about cleanliness, being clean in mind as well as in body. Now, believe me when I tell you that a clean mind, a clean body, is important to success and happiness in life. For instance, in school, in your social life, and later when you grow up in your business contacts, the quality of the clothes you wear is never as important as the condition of them. In other words, it's never as important to be expensively dressed as it is to be neat and clean. Being neat and clean always leaves a good impression. And a good impression is important to success. The same thing is true of a clean mind. So begin now to develop the habit of being clean in mind and body. Think clean and keep clean. Lack of cleanliness is usually a sign of carelessness. And carelessness indicates laziness. Remember always that carelessness and laziness lead to failure. Start now to prepare for success by thinking clean and being clean. And now, the adventures of Superman. After trailing him all over the world... An international conspirator known as the Boot captured a tiny midget named Freddy in the apartment of Superman who was away at the time. Then, with the aid of a cunning hypnotist, the Boot persuaded Freddy to reveal the secret of a great discovery made by his late employer, a famous nuclear physicist, whose amazing discovery made it possible for its owner to dominate the Earth. When Freddy's disappearance was discovered... The police spread a dragnet around Metropolis, while Superman searched every inch of the great city, but without success. Then, as the police watched roads, rail terminals, and airports, the Man of Steel began a relentless search of the suburbs and villages surrounding Metropolis. <coughs> Meanwhile, in the library of a suburban mansion set in a park-like estate, Freddy is hiding in a chimney as March, the boot's personal valet, starts a roaring blaze in the fireplace. And as the smoke and flames shoot up the flue, Another man enters the room. What's the idea of the fire, Mark? (laughs) That will drive the little devil out. What little devil? What are you talking about? Midget, of course. You see, he tried to get away by climbing up the flue of the fireplace into the chimney. He did, eh? Yes, but the smoke of the fire will fix him. He'll either be knocked out and fall down into the fire, or he'll climb out on the roof. Well, if he manages... Come on, Gepard. Where? Up to the roof. If he gets out, we'd better be waiting for him. The boot said we must get rid of him. Come on. I don't see the midget up here. Look, there he is, just coming out of the chimney, see? Yeah, I see him. What are you going to do, March? I'm going to shoot him, of course. He makes a fine target from here. Now. Wait. Save your bullets. See, he's fallen to the roof. He doesn't move. Smoke and the chimney must have finished him. Well, we'll find out. Come on. He's a small man I've ever seen. Yes, but he had big information. The boot said he'll be able to control the whole world now that he knows the midget's secret. Really? Yes. Well, now let's have a look at this fellow. Uh. You were wrong, Gebhardt. He's alive? Yes, but he won't be in a second. On the count of three, I fire. One, two, three. What?
3: loose? Give me that gun. No, no, no. no. Wait, thank you. Who are you? Ah,
4: Freddy's alive, but he's in bad shape. Up for them? I'm getting out of here. So am I. Oh, no, you don't. Come back here, you two. Let me go. Hey, now, I can do it. Stand still, you murderers, stand still, I said, or I'll crack your worthless skulls together got to get Freddy to a hospital, so talk fast. Where is the boot? I don't know. Honestly, I uh, he left in a plane. Left sir. in a plane, eh? All right, up with you two. No, 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 no,
3: no do oh, We let, let Freddy
4: off at Metropolis Hospital first, then on to police headquarters with you two. Up
3: and away! Up and away!
4: Hospital said he's sure Freddie will be all right, Inspector. Hennett. Oh, good, good, fine, Superman. It'll be several hours before we can talk to him. Several hours, at least. Poor little fellow's lungs were full of smoke, you know, and he's suffering from shock. Besides, I see. And you say the boot got away? Yes, in a private plane. Hmm. I haven't had a chance to question the men he left behind yet. Where are they? I dropped them at the city jail for safekeeping while I rushed back to the hospital to find out about Freddie. Let's hop over to the jail and see them.
3: Right, come on, Superman. <laughs>
4: March. Unless you want me to take you for another sky oh, ride. no, no, Superman. Please.
3: Then talk. Where is the boot? I don't
4: know, Inspector. you know what? No, Inspector. I know nothing. I, now listen, I, March. Talk or bite, George. I don't know, I tell you. The boot just said he was going a long way and that he'd summoned me in a few days. Summon you where? I don't know, sir. He only said. Yes. He said what? He said that when I heard from him, he'd be the master of the whole world. Oh, what kind of baloney is that?
2: Now, listen, March. Wait, Inspector.
4: If the Boot said that, it means he must have learned Sir Hubert Clay's secret from Freddy. But how could he? Sir Hubert hypnotized Freddy before he told him, didn't he? Yes, All that... right. And Freddy could only reveal the secret when he was hypnotized again. Even if the Boot knew that, he couldn't hypnotize the midget. Nobody can be hypnotized unless they want to be. Uh, the boot must have found a way, though. Isn't that right, you two? Isn't it? I, I, I don't know. Well, I guess you both want another scotch ride after no, no, all. No, 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 please. All right, then talk. The boot hypnotized Freddy, didn't he? Um, no. Minter did. Minter. Who's Minter? A hypnotist hired by the boot. They gave the midget some kind of drug, and they told him some kind of a story. I don't know what, but it worked. I knew it. Where is this hypnotist? Here? He's... He's dead. Dead? Yes. The boot finished him. Holy smokes. Tell me, March. Do you know the secret the boot forced out of the midget? Oh, no, sir. Do you, Gabhart? No, I swear I don't. But you heard Freddie tell it the boot, didn't you? No, sir. The boot wouldn't let us near the room. That's right. Didn't he tell you about it afterwards? He said nothing to me about it. Nothing. All he told me was that he had what he wanted at last. Now, look, if you two are lying... No, I swear. I'm telling you the truth, sir. So am I. Now, look. Superman caught you two trying to shoot Freddy. You're also guilty of abduction. And if you don't get the chair, you'll get life. But if you cooperate with us, I might be able to help you a little. Even if you offered to let me go free, I couldn't tell you any more than I have already, Inspector. Nor could I, sir. Help me. I told you everything. And that's the truth. Hmm. Well, where do we go from here, Superman? There's just one chance left, Inspector. Yeah? What's that? That Freddy can reveal the secret to us in time for me to stop the boot. Come on. Let's go over to the hospital. Maybe he can talk to us now. Will the tiny Freddy be able to reveal Sir Hubert's secret to Superman in time... And now, back to the adventures of Superman. As we continue our story, Superman, Inspector Henderson, and Robert Archer, the former assistant to the late Sir Hugh Clay, have arrived at the Metropolis Hospital and are waiting in an anteroom for the physician in charge of the midget Freddy. Oh, what's keeping that doctor? Nurse said he'd be here in a moment, Inspector. Well, I wish he'd hurry. The boot has a long start on us. I know, I know. Look, uh, Mr. Archer, yes? you're sure you can hypnotize Freddy? Oh, yes, yes, I am, Superman. That is, if he's willing to have me do so. Oh, I'm sure he'll be willing. He was very devoted to Sir Hubert Clay, you know. And Sir Hubert commissioned him to contact you just before he died. Wait. Here comes the doctor now. Oh. Uh, how is the little fellow, Doctor? Not so well, Inspector. He's taken a turn for the Uh worse. Oh, that's terrible. Frankly, I don't know whether we can pull him through or not. But But you must! Yes, Yes. only he can tell us what he revealed to the boot. And unless he does, Doctor, and quickly, our country, every country, may be at the mercy of as evil a man as ever lived. I understand, and we're doing everything possible to save the little fellow, Superman. But I can't promise a thing. Only the Lord knows whether Freddy will live or die. Sobered, helpless Superman, Inspector Henderson and Robert Archer Hear the doctor state That the tiny Freddy's fate Is in the hands of his maker What will happen as Freddy fights for his life And the boot speeds to a destination only he knows On a mission that will enslave the world Or destroy it Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, when we see the boot and learn what he is up to, and when we discover Freddy's fate. Tune in same time, same station, for Chapter 11 of Dead Man's Secret on The Adventures of Superman. a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time.
0: Behold
2: my process.
0: Ooh, let me tell you something right here. Aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loop Great Subscription Box yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises and you to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! Through the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! the Loot Crate box What's with kids today? Uh- Rouses! With crates starting as large as 11 level per month, Those are box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig it?
4: It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton. Came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman and his guys at Clark Kent is very much worried, as he discusses with cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, his inability to find the boot, the evil international conspirator who forced the midget Freddy to reveal an important secret.
5: Gee whiz, Mr. Kent. I sure hope the boot's plane falls into the ocean or he or gets lost or something. Well, even that won't help, Jim. Huh? Why not, Mr. Kent?
4: Because according to Freddy's story, Sir Hubert set in motion a device which, unless it stopped before February 1st, will cause a great worldwide disaster to occur.
5: Leaping lizards. And today is January 28th.
4: Right, only four more days. Then either disaster strikes or the boot takes over. One thing is as terrible as the other. What do you do with your spare time, gang? Read books, comic magazines, go to the movies, listen to the radio, play games? Or maybe a little of each, huh? Well, that's all good stuff. It's lots of fun and you're entitled to some fun after a day's work in school. But look. Do you think maybe you could spare a little of that time to do something really useful, something that would bring a little happiness, perhaps a good deal of cheer to people who have little? What I'm really leading up to is this. In every city and town, including your own, there are agencies devoted to the collection of food and clothing to be sent overseas for distribution to the thousands and thousands of unfortunate displaced persons in occupied areas. These people without a country, without homes, without opportunities to make a living, need help from more fortunate people such as we are. They need food. They need warm clothes. So if you really want to do something generous and useful, give up some of your playtime to canvas the homes in your neighborhood. Collect canned foods and clothing. Turn them in then to any one of a number of agencies who will gladly accept them. That's the friendly, neighborly thing to do. And now, the adventures of Superman. (laughs) Superman. Hoping to perpetuate world peace, a famous nuclear scientist named Sir Hubert Clay supposedly succeeded in harnessing the tremendous atomic power of the sun. Then realizing he was about to die, he hypnotized his midget companion Freddie, confided his discovery to him, and instructed the tiny man to seek out a former assistant named Robert Archer. Freddie, however, was captured by an international conspirator known only as The Boot, who hired an unscrupulous hypnotist to pose as Robert Archer hypnotized the midget and in that way learned Sir Hubert's great secret ordering his henchmen to get rid of Freddy the boot left in a private plane for a hidden destination however Superman who was searching for Freddy arrived in time to save the midget's life and carried him to a hospital where the tiny man now lies seriously ill in a small lounge of the hospital the real Robert Archer exhausted by anxious waiting dozes fitfully on a couch in his guise of Clark Kent Superman is pacing the floor as Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, arrives out of breath.
5: Hello, Jim. Hi, Mr. Kent. How's Freddy? No change yet. He's still a very sick lad. Oh, gosh. The poor little guy. Look, Jim, did you talk to Inspector Henderson? Uh-huh. I just came from police headquarters. Oh? No news yet about the boot. Oh, I see. Were the interceptor commands alerted? Sure. They've been up in the air ever since noon. Uh-huh. Nobody's reported seeing the boot's plane yet,
4: though. Oh, it's bad. And gone over twelve hours, he must be well out of the country now. And how? If only I knew where he was going. I could still get there before he does. You could. Yes, I how? How? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, well, I, I'd find a way. I can't do a thing until Freddie tells us where this this device is. Device? What device? Oh, the uh, whatever it is, Sir Hubert Clay created to control the atomic power generated by the sun.
5: Oh, look, Mister Kent. Hmm? Do you think Sir Hubert really did do that? Sure,
4: Jim. But I do think he constructed some sort of monstrous weapon. And so does Robert Archie. And if it's what we think it is, and the boot gets his hands on it, he can easily control the world by threatening to destroy any part of it at a moment's oh, notice.
5: Sleeping lizards. I sure hope his, his plane will fall in the ocean or he gets lost or, or something.
4: Well, even that won't help us.
5: Why? What do you mean?
4: Well, before he died, Sir Hubert told Freddy that his device or whatever it is was time to go off on February 1st. Cause caused a great disaster to the entire world.
5: Leaps, that's right. I forgot all about that. Well, what date is it today?
4: January 28th.
5: The 28th? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then in only four more days... Yes,
4: Jim. In only four more days, disaster strikes. Or the boot takes over, and one is as terrible as the other.
5: Oh, gee whiz, what are we going to do?
4: There isn't a thing we can do, Jim. Unless Freddy recovers in time and tells Robert Archer all he knows. All we can do now is wait. And hope. <coughs> And so, through the long hours of the night, Mark, Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Robert Archer keep their vigil, praying that the tiny Freddy will recover. (laughs) Meanwhile, the boot has arrived in a little alpine village which nestles at the foot of a towering snow-covered mountain near the Swiss border. Tall, heavy-shouldered, Hawk-faced, his green ice-like eyes smoldering with anger, the boot stands in the public room of the little inn and glowers down the two men who sit impassively in chairs near the huge red-hot stove as he berates them. You are guides, no, so it is your business to lead anyone who wishes to go to the top of the mountain. Why will you not take me? Why? Answer me, you fools of tongues, have you not? Answer me! Why will you not take me? I offer excellent pay. Why will you not take me? Furiously, the boot screams at the two impressive guides, lonely shrug and look at their hands, making no reply. Suddenly, the boot breaks off his harangue, reaching for the revolver in his pocket but he pauses as the inn door opens. And the man enters, stamping the snow from his boots. The man is in his thirties and solidly built. For a moment, he brushes the snow from his short beard. Then as he approaches the small group at the fire, the boot addresses him. You, you are a guide. Oui, monsieur. I, uh, I wish you to take me to the top of the mountain now at once. Now, monsieur? Yes, right now. These two men have refused to guide me. They are lazy fools. So, do you wish to climb the mountain, monsieur? Why? Because I like to climb. That is why. Why else do you suppose I came here? I do not know. But it is strange when one who lives as you do wishes to climb a mountain. I can climb as well as you or anyone else. Come now. Take me to the top of the mountain. Do not be a fool, Henri. You be quiet. Henri... Is that your name? Oui, it is. Well, what are you waiting for? Money? I will pay you well. Hey, here, look. I will pay you a hundred dollars American money to take me to the top of the mountain. That is much more than you ordinarily receive, no? Well, oui, it is much more. Then it is a bargain. No, monsieur. It is not. Listen to me, honoured. you must take me to the top of the mountain now at once. Will you do it or? Two hundred dollars. No, Henri. Do not do it. We oui. I will take you, monsieur. Yeah, good. Good. Let us go. Very well, monsieur. I will give you climbing boots and fetch my ropes. Then we will go to the top of the mountain. Come. Follow me. Henri the guide from the inn. What is at the top of the mountain? And why were the guides so reluctant to take the boot there? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. (laughs) All through the day, toiling with picks and ropes, the boot and Henri the guide made their tortuous way up the mountain. Now, as darkness closes in and the stars cast a diamond-like brilliance on the snow, Henri lights a torch, then stops. About a hundred yards above him, looms the dark, snow-covered peak of the mountain. Why do you stop now, Henri? We are almost at to the top. Down. No. We go no further, monsieur. But, but why? Monsieur, are you not here known as the boot? What? What did you say? Voila. You are the boot. Your fate admits it. What do you know of the boot? I know there is no man so evil as he a great gentleman told me so. His name was Sir Hubert Clay. Ah, uh, so? Go on. Tell him more. When did he tell you this? Why? Many times. A year ago, I led Sir Hubert to the top of the same mountain. That it was he told me he labored to bring everlasting peace to the world. When he was here the last time, he said he hoped to return soon and complete his work. But if he failed to return, he said, it would be only if the one called the boot prevented him. I see. So that is why the guides below refuse to lead me up here, eh? Oui. We recognize the boot. We have here our Sir Hubert is murdered, and we believe it as you who did it. So you brought me up here to kill me, eh? No, monsieur. I bring you up here, when no one can help you, to make you confess you have killed Sir Hubert Clay. And I will keep you here till you confess... Then I will take you to legion Down. <laughs> you are a fool to tell me this, only. Anyway, because now I must shoot you. No, we Locked in furious embrace on the high snow-clad mountain. Booted only the guide, grappled for the boot's revolver. Suddenly, twice the gun speaks. Its sound reverberating over the lonely wastes of snow. Both men slipped to their knees. Then one of them topples slowly over on his back. Which man is it? And what will happen as Superman and his guys of Clark Kent thousands of miles away in the Metropolis Hospital? Here's Dr. Mercer saying... There is still no change in Freddy's condition, Mr. Kent. We'll know more tomorrow. Tomorrow is January 29th. There are only two days remaining before February 1st, when a catastrophe is scheduled to occur. What will happen? There's a thrill a minute in store for you with tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. So don't miss it, whatever you do. Tune in same time, same station for Chapter 12 of Dead Man's Secret on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday
0: at the same time. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
4: strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, while Superman continues his efforts to find the boot, near the top of a snow-covered mountain, the international conspirator pockets his revolver, and gazes down triumphantly at the man who lies at his feet. You fool. How could you think you could stop the boot, eh? (laughs) So you have learned what all the others know. That no one can stop me. And now, in just a few minutes, I shall have that which will make me master of the whole world. I've got news for you, gang. Mighty good news. Something you've been very patiently waiting for several weeks to hear. And I'm going to spill it before the end of this program, so be sure to stay with us. Meanwhile, there's something else I must tell you. Today we can definitely tell you how you can bring a little happiness to those young people all over the world who are less fortunate than you. And this is it. Join the Crusade for Children. The Crusade for Children is a national organization formed for the purpose of uniting American boys and girls in an effort to save one half of their generation, the half that struggles so desperately for life in Europe and Asia. Members of the Crusade for Children, all young people, work to raise funds for food, clothing, and medicines, which will be used to help 230 million sick and starving children regain their health. The organization is sponsored by American Overseas Aid and United Nations Appeal for Children. If there is already a chapter of Crusade for Children in your town, join it now. If there is no chapter in your town, ask your mother or your teacher to help you organize one. Don't let 250 million hungry children down. They need your help. Do something about it now. And now, the adventures of Superman. Just before he died, a famous nuclear physicist named Sir Hubert Clay confided a secret to Freddy, his midget companion, a secret which involved the fate of the entire world. Then he instructed the tiny man to seek out a former assistant named Robert Archer. But before Superman, to whom the midget appealed for aid, could find Archer and bring the two together, an international conspirator called the Boot abducted Freddy and learned Sir Hubert's secret. Then leaving word that the midget was to be liquidated, the boot went by private plane to a lonely mountain on the Swiss border. Superman arrived in time to save Freddy's life, but not before the little man had been so seriously hurt that he could not be questioned. And now in a waiting room of the Metropolis Hospital, Superman in his disguise of Clark Kent is with cub reporter Jimmy Olson when Dr. Mercer enters.
5: Here comes the doctor, Mr. Kent. Yes,
4: How's Freddy, Doctor? I'm happy to say he's out of danger, Mr. Oh, Kent.
5: Fine, oh, fine, wonderful. Gee, that's yes, great. The
4: little fellow's going to be all right. Can we see him now, Doctor? Oh, I'm afraid not, Mr. Kent. Your friend had a pretty rugged time, you know.
5: Well, gee whiz, when can we see him?
4: Perhaps in a day or two. A day or two? Yes, you see, but we, we have... got to see him before that. Yes, we sure
5: do. Why, why, today is January 29th, and...
4: Well, I'm sorry, and In I... three
5: more days, the, the world might come to an end.
4: The world might come to an end? What are you talking about, lad? Well, see, Doctor, the... Bo- oh, just a minute, Jim, I think I'd better explain. Doctor, we have reason to believe that little Freddie's late master, Sir Hubert Clay, you know... Yes. ...discovered a way to harness and direct the atomic power of the sun.
2: Really? Yes.
4: Now, apparently he had arranged to demonstrate this, uh, this weapon, but he was killed before he could go through with the it. The boot killed him. Well, he must have set some sort of timing device, because on his deathbed he told Freddy that unless he found a former assistant named Robert Archer before February 1st... ...and told him all about the weapon, a terrible disaster would strike the earth on that day.
5: And that's the day after tomorrow.
4: Great heavens! Now, Mr. Archer is right here in the hospital waiting to learn all about the sun weapon from Freddy. But unless we can get the information very soon, it'll be too late. And either the disaster will strike or... Or the
5: boot will get control of the weapon. Yes.
4: As a matter of fact, you may already have it at this moment. This is incredible, Mr. Kent. If what you tell me is true... Believe me, it is, Doctor. I've told you all of it, so you'll realize how important it is for us to see and talk to Freddy as soon as possible. Because from now on, every minute, every second is of vital importance. And that's not kidding. Well, I, I must say, I... I'll see the head of the hospital at once, Mr. Kent. It may be possible, although I won't promise, that we can find some means to improve the patient's general condition temporarily so that he may be questioned. You must do that, Doctor. You must. Well, I'll see what can be done and report to you in a few minutes. As Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen wait anxiously for the doctor's report, an amazing scene is taking place thousands of miles away at the very top of a tall, lonely mountain on the Swiss border. There, the boot having shot Henri, his guide, and left him lying in the snow, has made his way halfway around the snow-capped peak of the mountain to a man-high crevice in the rock. Then, squeezing his tall body through, the boot enters a circular rock-walled cave, where a timbered glass skylight about four feet square illuminates the strange place. In the direct center of the earthen floor, which had been beaten and rolled flat as a table, stands a heavy stone oven about five feet high and just as thick. Two short, sturdy steel legs rise from the massive stone oven to support a large globe of the world, which revolves slowly on its metal axis, with the land masses standing out from the smooth surface in bold relief. From the ceiling, where it is set in a heavy trident of gleaming dark metal set with intricate checks and balances, an infinitely slender gleaming silvery rod, about nine feet long and hardly thicker than a an needle, extends downward in such a way that its diamond-pointed end stops just above the slowly revolving globe. At the present moment Hardly the thickness of a hair Separates the sharp diamond point of the rod From the globe From a massive dials set in one rock wall A steady methodic ticking echoes Through the strange cave And at each tick A shimmer of dark light Seems to run the length of the long silvery rod And causes it to vibrate Despite the bit of below zero temperature outside The circular room is oppressively warm And the boot's first action on entering And sizing up the picture with savage delight Has been to throw aside his heavy coat now his green, ice-like eyes glowing. He stands before the large globe, crouches to measure the hairbred space remaining between the gleaming silvery rod and the slowly revolving globe. And a shudder of great exultation tinged with awe runs through his heavy body. Softly, he speaks to the man, now dead, who created these wonders. I told you, sir, before I snuff the life of your miserable body, that one day I would possess your secret. And now... Now it is mine, mine to use as I please, to destroy in one great puff of smoke those who dare defy me and bring the rest of the world to my feet. <laughs> For a moment, drunk with the realization of the infinite power in his hands, the boot trembles on the verge of madness. His green, ice like eyes dance and shine with a wild light. And then. A scraping sound, a halting step behind him causes him to whirl about. He stares, his mouth dropping open in disbelief. Across the room, bracing himself unsteadily against the rock wall, stands a pale, haggard, short-headed man in mountain boots and mackinaw, one of whose arms, twisted grotesquely, hangs from his side. With the other hand, he clutches the short, double-pronged pickaxe of the mountain climber. He wets his gray lips with his tongue as his eyes, red-rimmed and feverish with great pain, gleam with fierce hate. The boot's voice gasps hoarsely, incredulously. You...
3: No, no, it cannot be. Well, monsieur de Boot, it is I. But, but I, it cannot be, I carry you, I, I kill you, you are dead.
4: His eyes wide with disbelief, the Boot stares at the man across the room who calmly looks back, a thin, painful grin, creasing his leathery face. Who is this man? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> In the late Sir Hubert Clay's mountaintop cave. The boot faces a badly injured man who holds a mountain climber's short, two-pronged pickaxe menacingly in his hand. No.
3: No, it cannot be. I,
4: I kill you. You made a mistake, Monsieur Boot. Almost you killed me, Henri, but not quite. Now I come to kill you. No. Don't move, Henri. I warn you. an empty warning, Monsieur. Your pistol it is in your overcoat there across the room. But... Take but one step on it, and I will
2: plunge this faggot into your heart. Listen to me, Henri. I did not mean to
4: shoot you. I... You tried to kill me because there is something here you wish to steal. I do not know what it is. But, sir Hubert, whom you have murdered, he has told me you are an evil man. The most evil man in the whole world. That is not true. Listen to me, Henri. There is not much time. You see this globe of the world and the long rod hanging above it? Well, very soon now, in a few hours. The rod will descend and touch the globe. And when it does, whatever part of the
3: earth it touches will be exploded and destroyed. if a million atom bombs that struck it.
4: Uh, what nonsense is this? This is the truth. Stuart Hubert discovered how to control the atomic power generated by the sun. The secret is here in this mountain cave. For all we know, the rod may pierce the globe at this very point where we
7: stand. And if it does... This mountain, all
4: this country, for heaven knows how
3: many thousands of miles around, will be destroyed.
4: Ah, uh, do you think I am such a fool as to believe that?
3: You must believe me.
4: I swear to so.
3: Only permit me to stop Rad. run.
4: No, uh, do not move. You fool. You will destroy us both. No, monsieur. I will destroy only you. No. No, stop.
3: Stop, I said. Say you this, fool, my <laughs>
4: A short axe hurled by Henri strikes the boot. The conspirator spins about falls to the floor of the cave where he lies face down, arms extended. For a moment, a flash of triumph lights his face. Henri gazes down at him. Then he groans and also collapses to the ground. Then all is silent, except for the measured ticking from the faintly illumined mass of dials on the rock wall. What will happen... As the long needle like rod lowers its diamond point of destruction nearer and nearer to the globe, Superman can prevent the terrible destruction, but the Man of Steel can only act if the Midget Freddy recovers in time to reveal the location of this mountaintop cave and its secret. The moment was never more tense, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen tomorrow. Tune in, same time, same station, to Chapter 13 of Dead Man's Secret on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet. More
3: powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman.
4: This is Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, with only hours remaining before a great disaster is scheduled to strike the Earth, Superman disguised as reporter Clark Kent, summons the man who may still be able to prevent the disaster, Robert Archer. Now is the time for you to go into action, Mr. Archer. What do you mean, Mr. Kent? The doctor said we can see Freddy the Midget. We can now? Yes, he's pretty weak, but it's just possible you can get the information we need from him. If you're successful, we may still be able to prevent the disaster. Then take me to Freddy, Mr. Kent. Hurry! Well, gang, today is the day we tell you when the prize winners in the Superman Hidden Word Contest will be announced. And I can tell you it's set to happen sooner than you expect. But before I go any further, I'd like to say on behalf of the producers of the Superman program, the Mutual Network, and the station to which you are listening, that we are very grateful for your wonderful response. And we sincerely wish it were possible for each of you to get a prize. It is particularly gratifying also to see how well most of you understand the real underlying meaning of the phrase, all men are created equal. And we like to think, at least we hope, That Superman helped you to understand the evil of prejudice and the true spirit of tolerance. Incidentally, nearly everyone, with very few exceptions, got the five hidden words correct. So it then became the judge's job to base their decisions on the quality of the short little essays regarding the meaning of the phrase. And that, believe me, was a very, very tough job, because most of them were so good. But the big job, and it was a big job, is over now. And before the program is over, I'll tell you exactly when we will begin reading the names of the lucky winners. So keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. Realizing he was about to die. Famous nuclear physicist named Sir Hubert Clay hypnotized Freddy, his midget companion, and confided the secret of an atomic sun weapon to him with instructions to find and reveal the secret to a former assistant named Robert Archer, who would then be able to prevent a world catastrophe due to strike on February 1st. Freddy appealed to Superman for aid, and the Man of Steel located Robert Archer. But before he could bring Archer and Freddy together, the midget was abducted by the Boot, an evil international conspirator who had ambitions to rule the world. Through devious means, the boot forced Freddy to reveal Sir Hubert's secret, then fled by plane to a distant mountaintop near the Swiss border, where the famous scientist had set up his amazing device. There, after attempting to kill his guide, a former friend of Sir Hubert's, the boot himself was struck down by the badly wounded guide. Now, as the time set for Sir Hubert's device to shatter the world draws nearer and nearer, Superman and his guise of reporter Clark Kent leads Robert Archer into the hospital room where the tiny Freddy, saved from death by Superman, lies propped up in a large bed. Freddie, this is Robert Archer. How do you do, Freddie?
6: Uh, are you really Robert Archer? Yes, I am. You were formerly the assistant to my late master, Sir Hubert Clay. That's right. Oh, dear, if only I could be sure. Take
1: my word for it, Freddie. This is the real Robert Archer.
6: Oh, it isn't that that I don't believe you, Mr. Kent, but well, I I made one frightful mistake, you know. I know,
4: Freddie. But the only way we can stop the boot is by letting Mr. Archer hypnotize you, so you can reveal to him all Sir Hubert told you.
6: If if I could only be sure he's Robert Archer. I
4: am Robert Archer, Freddy, believe me. And I give you my word, he is, Freddy.
6: Uh, very well, Mr. Kent. All right, Mr. Archer, whenever you're ready...
4: our boy, Freddie. Fine. Uh, would you leave us alone, please, Mr. Kent? Oh, yes, yes, of course. I'll be waiting in the lounge. Good. Now, Freddy, just look steadily into my eyes and... Well, Mr. Archer... Did it go all right? Yes, Freddy told me everything, and it's just as I suspected. Sir Hubert Clay did succeed in harnessing the atomic power of the sun. He did, eh? Yes, and he created an amazing device to direct the nuclear fission in an unbroken chain reaction to any part of the world he wished. Yes, yes, but what about the... Let me finish, please. Sorry. To discourage wars, he had prepared a demonstration for the world's political leaders, in which he was going to demolish a large group of unpopulated islands in the Arctic Sea. But as you know, before he could go through with the demonstration, he was killed by the... Yes, I know that. Well, well, H- Hubert must have had a premonition that he was going to be killed. So he told Freddy the location and the manner in which his sun weapon could be controlled. Oh, thank heaven. Freddie was able to tell you all about it in time. Now we but can... But wait. He didn't tell me in time. What? We're too late, Kent. We're too late. What do you mean? This is 1130 of January 31st. In just half an hour, it'll be February the 1st. Oh, ridiculous. It's only 5 30 in the afternoon. Yes, yes, our time, but it's 11.30 30 over there. Over where? You're upon the Swiss border, and there's no way on earth I could get there in time. So, you see. There is a way to get there on time. No, you're out of your mind, man. It's thousands of miles away. Why, the fastest plane would take a day to get there. You wait right here. I'll arrange your transportation. <laughs> Heavens. Hello, Mr. Roger. you ready for a fast trip to the Alps? Hey, who who are you? I'm Superman. Superman? That's right. I understand from Clark Kent there isn't a second to waste. So up with this window. Now, up with you, Mr. Roger. Uh, but, 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 Hang on. Uh,
3: up and away!
4: Leaping up from the Metropolis Hospital with Robert Archer in his arms, Superman takes a quick bearing from the sun, then streaks eastward across Metropolis and out over the Atlantic Ocean. Like a star whirling through the heavens, he flashes over the great sea, across England, across France, and hurtles on to where the great range of the Alps Mountains, shoulders across the continent. For a moment, the Man of Steel slows briefly to question the breathless Robert Archer, then he streaks onward again, bearing southeast. Suddenly, he sights his destination. I think I see the cave you described, Mr. Roger. Great it... Scott, hang on! We're going down!
3: Look, Superman. That's the boot on the floor, and. First of all, happens, he's dead.
4: All right, forget about him for the moment, Mr. Roger. We've got yes, to but see this about. The
3: other man, he's still alive. Good,
4: good. We'll see about him later. Now, this silver rod hanging from the ceiling, it's almost touching this rotating globe of the world. Is this. Yes, the... yes, that rod is the contact point of Sir Hubert's sun weapon. When it touches the globe, the atomic power of the sun will be unleashed on that part of the world. It's Scott, it. at the rate it's dropping, it'll touch the globe any instant. Did I know. Did Freddy tell you how to stop it? Yes, yes, he said Sir
3: Hubert's instructions were to turn the
4: fourth dial of this wall panel. But
3: I can't turn it.
4: Yeah, wait a minute. Let me do it. Yeah. Why? It won't turn Are you sure this is the right dial, Mr. Archer?
3: Yes, but great heavens I... I know why it won't turn Why? Because contact has already been made with the sun What? The full force of the sun is controlling that dial Oh, no Yes, Yes, it's, it's almost midnight of January 31st We're too late The rod will reach the globe any minute and then... There's only one thing to do, then. Break the rod. No, Superman, don't touch that rod or you'll surely blow us and the whole world of kingdom come. Great, Scott, what can we do then? I don't know. I'm afraid we're too late to do anything.
4: Helpless, apparently doomed, Superman and Robert Archer stare in horrified fascination at the long, gleaming, silvery rod, which has now almost reached the revolving globe. What will happen? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In the circular mountaintop cave where the gleaming silvery rod with its diamond tip has almost reached the revolving globe of the world, Robert Archer cries out... We, perhaps the whole world, are doomed, Superman. Not yet, Mr. Archer. Up with you and this unconscious chap here. What are you going to do? I'm going to take you and this wounded fellow, whoever he is, to the village at the bottom of the mountain... Then I'm coming back here to do a job.
2: Up and away! (laughs) Now,
4: those two out of danger, I can work more freely. First, I'll have another try at this dial. Uh. Oh! Oh, I... I can't turn it. But I must. If I don't, some part of the world, maybe all of it will be blown to bits. I... To move it somehow. Despite all the power of the sun that controls it. Because it's almost on the globe. And in another instant. Oh. I must stop it. I must. Come on, you turn!
3: Ah. Ah. Oh! Great scott! I pulled the dial out of the wall! No oh. one!
4: Superman wrenches the control dial from the rock wall, a terrific explosion seeming to start somewhere deep inside the massive concrete oven on which the globe stood, erupts, and blows the entire peak of the mountain toward the sky, leaving a great gaping hole where hundreds of tons of rock and soil and snow had been.
2: There is a flashing radiation in the
4: sky as if a million Roman candles have been set off, and then the radiation is gone, and except for a vast yawning crater in the mountain where Sir Hubert's cave had been, all is now serene. Superman's titanic strength averted a world of disaster But the man of steel himself Lies in the valley below the shattered mountain Under tons and tons of soil and stone Motionless he lies, his eyes closed His red and blue costume scorched, ripped to threads Long moments go by Then from the tiny village, Robert Archer and a handful of awe-stricken natives Rush into the moonlit valley But they do not see Superman under the mountain of debris Where he lies hunched And unmoving. Can this be the end of Superman? Has he, in saving the world from destruction, forfeited his own life? There's a stunning surprise in store for you in Monday's thrilling episode, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for the smashing climax of Dead Man's Secret on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same
0: time. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes.